Welcome to the Rhythm of Us podcast. We're your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. This year, we're releasing a book we've been pouring our hearts and souls into for quite some time. It's called The Rhythm of Us. It releases November 9th and is available now for pre-order wherever you get your books. Throughout this season, we'll be exploring the five rhythms from our book, as well as sitting with and learning from wise leaders, mentors, and friends in our life about the intentional rhythms that can lead us closer to God and closer to each other. Today, we're chatting with best-selling author and host of the Happy Hour podcast, Jamie Ivey. We talk about how to fight back against insecurity, grow in confidence and self-worth, and rest in exactly who God has made us to be. Jamie shares with us intentional ways to build confidence and self-worth in our kids and the rhythms that have led Jamie and her family to live from this place of confidence and security in Christ. For me, what that looks like is, how do I say things to them that they're going to remember when they start to feel sad or depressed or disconnected or something happens at school? What I want that to do in regards to self-worth for my kids is to build this foundation that they have so that when they start to doubt that they are worthy of anyone's love, when they start to doubt that they're important, when they start to doubt that no one loves them, my hope and prayer is that like the Holy Spirit would bring to their mind the foundational words that Aaron and I have instilled in them because there are times when that doubt creeps in. So I want that foundation to be something they can stand on when they're doubting their worth before the Lord and before their friends and their family. This really was such a great conversation. We had a really fun time. We hope you guys enjoy this as much as we did. So make sure you stick around to the end. You're gonna hear a bonus question that we asked Jamie that I think you're really gonna love. So with that being said, pull up a chair, let's dive into it. All right, Jamie, what's up? Welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. Y'all, thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah, this is so great. So today we're talking about self-worth. So excited to jump into this incredible project that you've released for kids. But before we jump into the actual project, obviously this idea of self-worth is something you're very passionate about. And I'm wondering if it comes from a personal place in your story. Yeah. You know, when I wrote UBU, it was out of this overflow of really feeling as though women, including myself, I'm not perfect over here. We're having a hard time in this particular cultural moment of wanting to be someone that God never created them to be. And now I said this particular culture moment, I have a feeling this has been going on since the beginning of time, but we're feeling it really heavy right now with social media and the access that we have to see everyone's lives, what we think immediately right then. And so it came from this overflow of wanting to encourage people to truly be the person that God made them to be. And so when you talk about self-worth, it's almost like saying, hey, I'm going to trust you, God, that you put good things in me. I'm going to trust God that you have a purpose for me. I'm going to trust you that you have talents and gifts that you've given for me. And then that is where we become like where we believe in our worth because of God. So that is where UBU came from. And then the overflow of that was just the book for kids. God made you to be you where I wanted four to six year olds to really hear the truth um, in a way that they could understand it and take it in. And so this whole thing is just a journey that I think I'll be on until I see Jesus of really believing Mm. uh, that what he says about me is true. And I just hope that we can link arms as women and men and encourage each other and do this together. Yeah. What, what does your journey looks like personally in, in really finding your self-worth and being grounded in that and finding the truths that you talk about so well in this book? What does that look like for you personally? Yeah. So I've been following Jesus since I was 21 and been married for 20 years 
and have four kids. And so I have a lot of life stages underneath my belt. And I would say that in different life stages, that has looked different. When I had young kids and was a stay-at-home mom, which I was grateful for that because I believe that's a privilege and not everyone has that opportunity. So although it was hard in some seasons and I regretted it, not regretted it, I kind of was in those moments, you know, we have those moments where you're like, I just wish I was working. Like I, right, I, right. I literally used to dream when I had these little kids, like two toddlers, I'm like, I just want to put a power suit on and go to a meeting and like get on an <laughs> elevator to like the 15th floor and just like, I don't know, make decisions. And guess what? I work full-time now and I don't own a power suit and I never made any decision on the 15th floor. Like I just had this <laughs> idea in my head that that was like, would be better than this life. So there's been a lot of different seasons where I've had to really believe that what I was doing mattered. And I think that comes from like self-worth of like believing that I have something to contribute to my family, to my community, to my church world. And so it's looked different a lot. I would say in my season right now of life, um, I've been podcasting and working the job I have now for about seven years. And there have been a lot of moments where I have felt like a fake and a fraud and everyone does it better. And I don't know what I'm doing. And I can't believe that you asked me to, to write about this, or I can't believe you trust me enough to let me stand on a stage in front of your women and open the Bible and teach them. And, and really just letting the, the insecurities and the lies that Satan knows affect me best, you know, like we all have those things where just, they hurt us more and having to really just a believe in God's word and, and surround myself with friends who are going to speak truth over me and not let me sit there. Those have been the two best ways that I have fought that insecurity and really believing mm -hmm. that I matter would be a God's word because we know that's what it does. And then friends who will look at you and go, this is not true what you're believing and we're not going to mm -hmm. do this. So that's, yeah. that's a little bit of that journey with just where I am now with work. That's good. Love it. Well, speaking of journeys, I mean, you talk about having four kids, we have five kids and oh, this book that congrats. you've written, I know, I know. Thank, thank you, thank you so much. I always tell that like once, like I, we're done. Our youngest is thirteen. Our oldest is seventeen. Like we're just the, everything's closed here. But if we were gonna have more kids, I think that once you get to four, we could have had four more, and I don't know that it would have made that much of a difference in our life. Yeah, I, I always say that too. After three, I feel like it's already wild and chaotic. What's one more? Like let's yeah, just, yeah, it's a party. Yeah. Yes. Well, okay. I, I interrupted the, you, Chris, but yeah. no, it's good. You know, the tough part about that is like you just like we always got suckered in like when the that little baby became like a three-year-old like oh they're so cute let's have another one and so yeah so with that being said we do have a four-year-old and we do have a six-year-old who they're loving this yes they Aww. have been diving into your book god it. made you to be you so, so cute. let's jump in i mean we got a lot of parents listening a lot of couples listening who have those four and six-year-olds like what was the idea the genesis behind this and kind of your hope and prayer throughout this book yeah. So um, I think I mentioned that some of it came from my book that I released last year, UBU. And there's yeah. this um, story that I write about in the book about when Aaron and my husband, Aaron, and I went on a trip to Sedona, Arizona. And, you know, we're from Austin, Texas. And so we saw all these big cactus. We're not, we see a lot of cactus here, but they're the little ones on the ground. And so we were like those amazing tourists that were so enthralled with the big cactus that we were watching. <laughs> and as we were driving north from Phoenix up to Sedona, we kept noticing that they were disappearing and we didn't see them anymore. And so we got up there and we found out that that particular cactus cannot survive in northern Arizona. And the guy told us because it freezes up there and they're full of water. And so their arms would fall over and they would die, I guess. And I remember having this like weird aha moment of like, well, they were never meant to be here. That's why they're not here. 
And this was before I wrote this book, obviously, because the story's in the book. And it got me thinking, how many times do I want to be places that God never intended for me to be? And how many times do I want to be people that God never created me to be? He created me to be Jamie Ivy um, and, and not Jenny. And, and I just was like, this is profound. And so that's a story in the book. And then as I was writing the adult book, after I finished and turns in the manuscript, because you guys know, congrats on your book coming out, that you write a book and then it's like 17 years before it ever hits the shelves. And so <laughs> <laughs> when I turned yes. in the manuscript, I started thinking, I think this would be a really fun kid's book to have a character as a cactus. Mm -hmm. And have this cactus look around and do what we as humans do all the time and think, I wish I was more like you. If I was like you, I would be have a really great life. And so this story was born and I took it to a publishing team and they loved it. And they got me an amazing co-writer to help me bring it to life and an unbelievable illustrator. And this book became a little journey of me thinking, what an honor to get to be in kids houses to have parents and, and grandmas and aunts and uncles and, and babysitters read a book to kids that I, I mean I, I I wrote it and I'm a part of it and I still read it and think oh my gosh I needed to hear that today like I needed to hear that God made me with a purpose and he wants me to be me and so I just think it's such a useful tool for a foundation as we as we teach our kids these truths mm -hmm. so two questions first one is you said your youngest is 12 13 yes 13. Do you say, hey, look, I'm sorry. You're the youngest one. You're getting a bedtime story tonight. And we're reading mom's <laughs> new book. All right. Oh, Somebody come over here. <laughs> we're reading this book every night, you guys. You know, it's funny that you say that. I was just having a conversation with someone else about this book. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. I read this book to my kids early in the process. You guys, I don't think I've read this book to my kids after it's been like fully complete because... <laughs> They're like 17 years old, you know, it's right, so funny. Right. But the good thing is, is I have a lot of friends with young kids and they are sending yeah. me the yeah. best pictures of their kids reading this book over and over again. And so even if my kids could care less about mom's kids book, <laughs> my friend's kids <laughs> like it. Yeah, that's, well, that's great. Awesome. Well, the second part of that question was, did you ever envision that you would actually write a children's book? Oh I mean, gosh. was that on the list? One day we'll write a book and it'll be a kid's book. I never imagined... Chris, that I would write an adult book and so much less a kid's book. It wasn't on any list and it really became this, how fun would this be? And I will say this, the, pro the process of writing this was a million times different than the process of writing a book for adults for very obvious reasons. It was also a lot of fun and it feels like I was a part of a really fun group project that I just get to showcase and talk about a lot. Um, and so, no, I never imagined that. And it feels good being on this end of my kids being this old, you know, it's almost like we can look back much easier. Like if you ask me questions about how to parent teenagers, well, I'd be like, you're gonna need a new guest today because I'm in the thick of it, you know, like, but we can go back and talk about those young years because I'm on the other side of it. Um, so that's yeah. been fun as well to think through that. Hey guys, thanks for listening. We'll get back to the show in a minute. But real quick, I just wanted to remind you to pre-order a copy or two or three of my parents' new book, The Rhythm of Us. All right, let's get back to the show. What are some ways that you guys really instilled in your kids at a young age this idea of self-worth? You know, you talk about looking back now that you're kind of out of those 
young years and you're in the thick of the teenage years, um, what's some of the fruit that you've seen from some of the, the rhythms that you guys incorporated in your family life when your kids were young around that idea of knowing who they are and, and feeling worthy? Yeah. Um, I would say something that's a little bit unique about our family is that three of our kids joined our family through adoption. And so we have four children, one biological, three that were born in other places and three that have different skin color than the rest of us. And so um, there's already some different dynamics in our family as far as like identity and self-worth and where you came from. And so we've had these conversations at a very deep level for a long time. And so a lot of things that Aaron, my husband and I really tried to do was instill in them this idea that, that God created them perfectly the way that they were. And the reason that was so important in our particular family is because, you know, as I'm talking to my daughter who has, you know, really dark brown skin and I have, you know, light brown skin and, and I'm trying to explain to her that your skin is beautiful because this is the way that God created you. And we see your skin and we see your color and we celebrate it. And so we've had those conversations for a lot. Another thing that um, we're still doing with, with teenagers. And I think that a lot of these things that like we talk about, we do them in four to six and we just keep doing them and they just look different throughout the years. But one of the things that we're still doing uh, with our teenagers is really trying to find some character traits about them that we see coming out and really point those out. Because it is one thing for me to, you know, look at my son after a football game and say, man, you had an amazing tackle. Like that was really great. I really saw you watching the ball. You had your eyes on the whole field. I'll, I could go through the whole mechanics of how I saw him really work well in the position that he was at. But my favorite way to, to like put some kind of growth in him is to say, I also saw that when, after you tackled that kid, you stood there and you helped him up. And that's an example of what it feels like right now with parenting teenagers is trying to find those moments of seeing them step up to the plate with a character trait. Because I think when we're calling out people's beautiful character things that we see in them, we're helping them develop that self-worth because those are the things that actually give us self-worth. The things that, that God has placed in all those fruits of the spirits that we have, you know, love, patience, kindness, goodness, all of those, those are from God. And those will help us really believe that we matter when we see those coming out. So those are just off the top of my head, a few things that we've tried to do with our kids. I love that. You know, you've written this book in two completely different versions, and I love it. Uh, but obviously, when you write a book, we just finished our first one. You learn so much. You get surprised by things you didn't see coming. So was there something that when you got into writing old Sammy and uh, <laughs> reflecting on the cactuses not being in northern Arizona <laughs> that just surprised you about yourself, your marriage, your family, that that you just go like, wow, I didn't, I didn't see that coming? Well, I think. As far as like book writing, there was definitely a surprise of how hard it is to write something. And I can't even remember the number, like a hundred words. I mean, it's just the smallest amount of words and you guys just turned in a book. I'm imagining it's like 50,000 words, you know, and then you're like, oh, let's, yeah. let's give a point. Let's make a really profound point. And you have 200 <laughs> words go. I mean, it's just like so hard, which is why I'm so grateful for Tama that was helping me out with this. But, you know, I think what, one of the things that it goes back to just like why I think this is so important for young kids is. When I think about Sammy's journey and just to give a little context for the book is like Sammy's looking around and wishing he could slither like the snake and, and, you know, fly high like the hawk and, and jump like the jackrabbit and all these things. And he's looking around at everything everyone else has and really wondering, why can't I do this? Why am I stuck? And it was just a reminder to me that like, I deal with that. Like I find myself doing that still to this day. And then I see it in my kids in high school and middle school for sure. And I look back and 
you know, I had this thought the other day that, and, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, because you're in the middle of four-year-olds and it was a long time ago that I had a four-year-old. <laughs> but I remember that there was a moment where I noticed that my kids started to realize things that were different about people, whether that be skin color, particularly because of our family or whether a kid had glasses or maybe someone was missing an arm from birth or whatever it might be. And you see these quote unquote differences. But I remember thinking before that our kids kind of didn't see them a lot. It was like they just kind of had this naivety about them. And I realized when I was writing this book, I was like, wow, it is this beautiful season in kids' lives where they are starting to look around and see that something is different. And I like that we chose animals for the characters instead of people, although we could have come up with a thousand differences for people, but because it makes it this kind of like separated a little bit for the kids as well. And I thought... I need that in my life because it's real easy for me to think about like, oh man, I wish I was, you know, as kind as Jenny or as confident as someone else, but it, it's almost like you need to step back and see it through these characters of animals. And it helps our kids so much be able to even relate to them even more, which it, I did not expect that. Like I didn't expect kids to actually relate to rabbits and snakes. It's been a long time since I was, you know, reading kids books to my kids. And so that was a fun thing in the process that, that I really learned. And I've seen through little kids eyes reading it. But again, I, I just I'm like, I can't say enough of how much this is something that every single person struggles with, I think, until we die. For sure. Um, we were talking before we got on just, you know, with five kids, I'm sure you experienced this as well with four. There's a lot of different personalities, mm -hmm. right, that you encounter with your kids and they all need this idea of self-worth. They all need to be encouraged and taught that their differences make them beautiful. But some of them tell you that in different ways. So I just wanted to ask for you, like, what are some of those signs that you've noticed to watch for in your kids, whatever their personality is? What are some of those signs that we can look for when we're trying to teach our kids this, that this is something they really need? Or, you know, just what are some of those signs that you look for? Yeah, I think sometimes we have to anticipate what they're needing before they even ask for it, because yeah, particularly older kids, they're not asking for me to encourage them right now. You know, like they're like, right. I just yeah. want to go hang out in my room by myself, you know? And I'm like, oh, yeah. wait, I have some encouraging <laughs> words for you. And so I think we see a switch in that, you know, our middle school getting into high school. It's like there's this kind of pull yeah. away and you see that they are, they're not as vocal about what they need anymore. And so I think even for parents, one of the things that's really helpful for us to do, and man, I'm, I'm having to like relearn this with every different season that our kids are in, is how do I anticipate what they're needing before they even know what they're needing? And I'm not saying we have to become like mind readers or anything, although sometimes I think some part of parenting is trying to read their minds <laughs> because they're not yes. telling you anything. Um, 100%. Yes, yes. But I think one of the things is trying to anticipate what that might be through each kid. And, you know, like like you said, each kid is different and Mike are four completely different personalities. And so it's almost like this part time job of trying to figure out what a kid's body language means what they're saying when they say this, what they're saying when they don't say this. And then you find yourself going, wait, is it this kid that retreats when they need love or is it the other kid? And so I think one of the things for us to do as parents is try to anticipate what our kids need before they do. So that for me, what that looks like is how do I say things to them that they're going to remember when they start to feel sad or, or depressed or disconnected or something happens at school. I'll give you an example. My daughter is in eighth grade. She has declared she hates eighth grade. And I said, I hated eighth grade too. So we're all in the same boat here. Um, but she's starting to be in that kind of 
area where friendships are getting a little bit more difficult than they have in the past. You know, elementary for girls can be a lot of fun and just braiding hair and laughing, having fun. And now there's a lot more at stake here. And so one of the things that I'm trying to do as her mom is to remember eighth grade and then speak things into her before she even expresses that she needs them. And this is hard and it takes intentionality and it takes work. Um, a lot of work, but it means me having to like have conversations like I did even this morning as she was eating cereal before she went to school, just trying to give her some encouraging words about friendships, even when she hasn't expressed to me that she needs them. Does that make sense? Like trying to yeah. be like yeah. on the offense ahead of the game, hit things head on. And to me, I think what I want that to do in regards to self-worth for my kids is to build this foundation that they have. So that when they start to doubt that they are worthy of anyone's love, when they start to doubt that they're important, when they start to doubt that no one loves them, when they start to doubt that they don't have anything to give to the world, to their family, my hope and prayer is that like the Holy Spirit would bring to their mind the foundational words that Aaron and I have instilled in them. Because there are times when that doubt creeps in that as parents, we're not there. Um, and they don't want us there. They want to be alone. And so I want that foundation to be something they can stand on when they're doubting their worth before the Lord and before their friends and their family. That's really good. You know, I think it's great because, uh, you know, we're wired. I think because we're so close to our spouse, I think we, we naturally are anticipating like, all right, she needs mm-hmm. a break or we need a date or we need a vacation. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just kind of one of those things. But you just think like, you know, kids just need food. They, <laughs> they need clothes. They need to get to school, you know, but there's so many of you like, are you good? I love you. But it's, it's the same thing applies to them. So I really like that. Principle. Yeah, Thank that's you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is great. Yeah, that All right. Well, I'm going to throw in a bonus question for you and see. <laughs> because I did so ready. good on the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go bonus round. All right. Hey, in our book, The Rhythm of Us, we talk about five thriving rhythms that couples can get into. One is speaking life, slowing down, serving each other, staying in awe, and seeking adventure. It's so you were good, pick guys. One rhythm. If you were going to pick a rhythm for you to go, that's my rhythm. Speaking life, serving, slowing down, seeking adventure, or staying in awe, which one would you pick? That I do currently or that I want to get better at? Well, Either one. Your choice. Yeah, whichever you one choose. stands out to you. I'm going to do it in marriage because your book is about marriage, and I love that so much, you guys. I cannot wait to read your book. Um, I would Thanks. say Speaking Life um, is one that I've grown I've like really grown into, and it's something that Aaron and I value so much in our marriage is speaking life to each other because – we really believe, like the proverb said, that the tongue has the power of life and death. And so that is it. Um, I would yeah. say the one that I would like to be better at would be seeking adventure. I just That's get great. real comfortable in what I'm doing. <laughs> and although I do, this is adventurous, you guys. For our, We just celebrated 20 years for our 25th anniversary, which all of our kids will be out of our house hopefully lord willing wow. they don't they you know whatever <laughs> uh we're going to go hike machu picchu and so i think that is very adventurous of me and i am an adventurous person it's sure. just it's not the top of my mind all the time so yeah i love that what's your enneagram number Do i'm you a know 6 your enneagram a 6 okay and, my and what's a 3 3 3 and 6 okay what are y'all cool. chris is 7 thus adventure uh-huh. um <laughs> and i'm a 1 with a 9 wing so okay yep What's your wing, so Chris? I have to help her come around to adventure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well. Yeah. That's good. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, but we I'm, agree on the speaking life thing too. Yeah, what you said. I it's mean, really good. it literally just just speaking changes life everything. to each other. It it changes the atmosphere of your house For and your everything. marriage and your future. And I'm yeah. so glad you guys are talking about this because Aaron and I just spoke at a, a marriage conference this past weekend, and we spoke about just that. We spoke about placing courage into our spouse and really encourage them. Mm. And someone sent me a message and said they don't think they've ever heard anyone speak about speaking life to your into your spouse. And I was like, mm. wow, it, that is literally. One of the things, and I'm not prepared to make this statement, it is one of the most important things in our marriage, I would say. It is like it is yeah. like things are built on the way we speak to each other. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm I okay. it's so excited you guys are talking about that. Yeah, thanks. Great. We'll have to send Well, send speaking you a copy. of yeah. awesome yes. things, we're gonna link to this book. Where yes. can people find you, follow you, stalk you, all that fun stuff? All the things. You can stalk me on Instagram. I like hanging out there. It's at Jamie Ivy. <laughs> but you can find everything about this book at godmadeyoutobeyou.com. And then jamieivy.com has everything else. Perfect. Sweet. We will link to all that in the show notes. Jamie, thank you so much for coming and spending some time with us. Thank you, guys. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Rhythm of Us. You can find all the resources and links mentioned in today's episode over at our website, therhythmofus.com. We hope you'll check those out as well as our new book, The Rhythm of Us, which is available for pre-order now wherever you like to get your books. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thanks again for joining us, friends. Until next time.